It's Monday, July the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, protesters in Cuba and Branson into space. First, the world in brief. Several thousand protesters took to city streets across Cuba, crying, quote, freedom and demanding better access to vaccines, food and basic goods. Police charged them in Havana, but the scenes were shocking nonetheless, from a country where open dissent is not tolerated. Nothing like it had been seen since 1994. President Miguel Diaz-Canel called on, quote, revolutionary, i.e. pro-regime citizens to occupy the streets in defence of his government. Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, said that a newly endorsed mechanism to allow countries to tax highly profitable multinationals may not be ready for lawmakers to consider until 2022. Ms Yellen said that the reallocation of taxing rights in rich countries was on a, quote, slightly slower track than the global corporate tax rate of at least 15%, which is backed by 132 countries. Shops were looted and roads closed in Johannesburg as violence spread in response to the jailing of Jacob Zuma, a former president of South Africa. The unrest began in Mr Zuma's home state of KwaZulu-Natal, where he began a 15-month sentence for contempt of court last Wednesday. Police said that criminals were exploiting the unrest to steal goods. More than 60 people have been arrested. Italy beat England 3-2 on penalties to win the Euro 2020 Football Championship. Italy, who have won their past 34 games, had not lifted the Euro Cup since 1968. England has never won it. The tournament was played across Europe, with the final at Wembley. Across London, Serbia's Novak Djokovic beat Italy's Matteo Berrettini to win his sixth Wimbledon tennis title. Taiwan obtained 10 million doses of BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine after a protracted process complicated by China's claim over the island. Taiwan's government had blamed China for blocking its attempts to buy directly from the German company. Two Taiwanese firms had to negotiate with BioNTech's Chinese sales agent instead. Foxconn and TSMC will buy 5 million doses each. The deal came to $350 million. America will send a delegation to Haiti to assess the security situation after the killing of President Jovenel Moïse. Haiti's government had asked America and the United Nations for a military intervention to secure critical infrastructure and more. And Colombia's government offered to investigate the role of its ex-servicemen, about 20 of whom had been implicated in the assassination. The first passenger flight operated by Virgin Galactic, a space tourism company co-founded by Sir Richard Branson, successfully sent him to the edge of space. Sir Richard flew more than 80 kilometres up through the Earth's atmosphere from New Mexico. Jeff Bezos, another billionaire, hopes to make a similar flight on July 20th with his own company, Blue Origin. And fact of the day. More than 5.1 million operations are waiting to be carried out across England, the longest list since records began. And now here's today's agenda. What lies beneath? 12th of July in Northern Ireland. Today, tens of thousands of, quote, orange men and their accompanying bands will march across Northern Ireland to celebrate the victory in 1690 of the Protestant King William III over the Catholic King James II at the Battle of the Boyne. They will be especially jubilant this year, as last year the Orange Order, a Protestant fraternal organisation, cancelled the 12th of July parades because of the pandemic. But beneath that surface joy lies deep gloom. 
A post-Brexit trade border has cut Northern Ireland off from Great Britain and calls for a referendum on Irish unification are growing. The Democratic Unionist Party, who count the Orangemen among its supporters, is in disarray, having recently appointed its third leader in as many months. This year's census is expected to confirm that there is now a Catholic majority in Northern Ireland. The riots in April have not been forgotten. Some fear that this year's July 12th could see violence as well as celebrations. With friends like these. Sedition in Jordan. Once, human rights groups protested to him about torture. Now, says his family, he's a victim himself. Bassem Awadallah, the former head of the royal court, languishes in a cell, accused of sedition against King Abdullah II, his former confidant. His trial has been quick, bereft of key witnesses and largely secret. Few doubt he'll be found guilty when the court rules today, along with a Sharif Hassan bin Zaid, a minor royal. But supporters say he's a scapegoat for Jordan's economic decline and the king's increasingly draconian rule. Some also suspect intelligence chiefs are settling scores. They long vilified him as a Palestinian upstart in a system dominated by Bedouin tribes. They hated his privatisation plans. Mr Awadallah is an American citizen and has powerful friends, particularly the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam. So far, they have preferred to watch rather than intervene. Flight of Fancy Richard Branson briefly goes to space. Quote, spiritual and quote, humbling. That was how Virgin Galactic, a space tourism company, described a few imaginary minutes in space to customers in 2004. Nearly two decades later, the firm sent its co-founder, Sir Richard Branson, to find out for himself. Yesterday, Sir Richard and his crew launched more than 80 kilometres up through the atmosphere before coming back down to Earth. Jeff Bezos, another billionaire, hopes to make a similar trip on July 20th with his own company. Optimists hope that the trips will spawn a new industry. But physical and economic risks could halt its takeoff. An early accident could cause demand to vanish overnight. The business model involves hefty fixed costs and long, uncertain payoffs, a tricky case for much investment. In the absence of high capacity and frequent blast-offs, prices may need to keep rising, leaving it a luxury hobby at best. Not so spiritual and humbling, after all. Fueling inflation? India's economy. A faltering monsoon has the country sweltering. But for many Indians who weathered the debut of the Delta variant in April and May, higher prices are the most painful part of the aftermath. Headline inflation hit 6.3% in May, breaching the central bank's two-point band of a target of 4%. June's consumer price index, a measure of inflation, is due today, with expectations that the figure will stay high. Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister, won office in 2014 on the heels of high inflation. He has endeavoured to tamp it down ever since. Yet with fiscal revenues in the gutter, Mr Modi has maintained swinging fuel taxes, even as petrol surpassed 100 rupees, $1.34 per litre. Those push up transport and fuel prices. But with the world economy reopening, India, with only 5.3% of its population fully vaccinated, is feeling squeezed by the revival of demand elsewhere. Slower, lower, longer. Getting to Tokyo. Tokyo 2020 has banned spectators. But the Olympic Games will need competitors. 
Around 11,500 of them are expected, accompanied by 79,000 support staff, officials and journalists. Getting athletes from 205 countries, as well as their bags, boats, bows and arrows to Japan is a challenge. Travel restrictions rule out some routes. With far fewer flights than usual running, most journeys involve multiple stops. Some of Fiji's team flew in a cargo plane. And then there's the question of what to pack. Athletes will be confined to their quarters. The Canadians are bringing board games to pass the time. Sending equipment by sea risks lengthy delays. Horses must be quarantined too. Athletes may only move into the Olympic Village seven days before they compete and must leave within 48 hours of finishing. So dropping out of a tournament early will mean disappointment followed by another race to book a seat on a flight home. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alexander Hamilton, who passed away on this day in 1804. The passions of a revolution are apt to hurry even good men into excesses. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.